0: Hello and welcome to the Startup Brew Fargo podcast. Startup Brew is a weekly event hosted by Emerging Prairie in downtown Fargo, where we believe that entrepreneurship is energized over brews. Each week, we bring entrepreneurs, founders, and innovators together because we believe they succeed when they have access to each other and the community that supports them. This week, we welcomed Connor McGovern with Able Games and Monique and Jocelyn Lamro with their new book, Dare to Make History. We kicked off the morning with Connor McGovern, a Fargo native and an NFL center for the New York Jets. He has a passion for competition and hoped to share that experience with individuals of all ability levels. And this led him to creating ABLE Games, the region's first all-inclusive test of functional fitness. Let's listen in. Thanks guys,
1: Uh, so my is Connor McGovern. I am here on behalf of the ABLE Games and uh, TNT Kids Fitness. So a little background about my, well actually I'll talk about the ABLE Games first. So the ABLE Games um, is a inclusive, all inclusive for all um, abilities fitness competition. Um, It came about between Kim Platzen and myself um, when Kim had a long family friend of uh, my family's and she reached out to my mom and uh, wanted to know if I had any interest in helping um, with TNT Um, kids fitness and I did so we had a meeting and we kind of grew a relationship from there and then the two of us came up with the ABLE games. Um, I had kind of gotten the idea from CrossFit going to um, having adaptive athletes but most of their um, athletes are uh, from physical adaptations. Um, They hadn't really gone into the development side so um, I thought this was a great opportunity um, to kind of start going along that route. So Kim and I were like talking about it and we came up with the Able Games (laughs) and we had our first event this year, which was a huge success for us. Um, And to talk a little bit about that, you know, we obviously knew it was going to be a really cool event, uh, but we didn't know how great it was going to be. To see people, you know, someone that You know, could fully compete at like the CrossFit Games or regionals level on the same floor as somebody with special needs was, you know, way more impactful than we probably could ever imagine. So, you know, that's where we started, and we're growing it to go, you know, as big as it possibly can, um, as big as, you know, communities will take it. Uh, So, you know, the goal is to eventually get the games um, to multiple cities. Maybe a championship if we can get it big enough. Um, but you know, I want to take some t- just a little bit of time because I think I'll, you know I'll see a lot of faces that are at the game. But really, thank Fargo and the community um, for having our back so much. Um, I know Kim uh, really appreciates it and can, can't thank you know Fargo and everybody in this community enough. Um, you know, TNT and now Able Games are going to be doing some special stuff um, coming up and every year. So I want to encourage everybody to. Uh, to keep coming out and keep supporting. Um, but a little bit more background about myself and how I really got involved um, with uh, Special Needs before I met the amazing Kim Platsen, Uh was, I, in college, was um, had a buddy that was involved with the Special Olympics. And they, Missouri's um, Special Olympics is uh, is a really big organization that they do a really, really good job. And so they have a, Um, powerlifting meet every year and I was way into powerlifting back in college and So they asked if we wanted to you know load and unload weights and um, help spot and so we did and To see an athlete um, You know have their coach help them to the bench um, you know explain What the workout is even though they've been training but explain one last time like you know This is what you're doing and then to have them go and lift like 225, 315 on the bench press was spectacular, and that—that's really what changed it for me. Um, and really wanted to, you know, to help show the ability that the community with special needs has. So the Able Games is a way, an outlet to show everybody how capable everybody is. So the Able Games is for people with, you know, special needs or even bound to a wheelchair. We had. Uh, people competing on the floor that were in a motorized wheelchair and the, the amazing thing about uh, You know a fitness competition is you can adapt it um, and, and scale it for anybody um, So somebody that was doing you know an overhead press with 225 That's could be a uh, you know a regional CrossFit athlete was next to um a young man in a and bound to a wheelchair motorized wheelchair and he was doing the same movement with a PVC pipe and to see those two athletes compete um, Right next to each other. Like I said before was pretty spectacular and then you know another Way that the able games will help with outreach is showing how capable the athletes are um, you know something like a simple kettlebell swing is you know fairly similar to Um, You know stocking a shelf at a grocery store or stuff. So the ABLE games is also a way to show everybody How capable they are and how someone with special needs can implement themselves in the everyday workforce Um, So, you know the the ABLE games at the end of the day Allows everybody to compete Um, I've made a living off a competition. Um, I come from an incredibly competitive family Um, and so to not have a competition as part of my life, you know, I can't even imagine it. So to be able to give that out outlet for everybody to compete, um, to really, you know, show how capable um, everybody is, um, is kind of the end of the end goal of the Able Games. And I don't know my time yet, and I could just keep talking, or I got one minute left. Um, so <clears throat> to finalize, I would really like to just encourage everybody. You know, next year when the Able Games comes around. To just come out if you want to volunteer volunteer would love to compete it doesn't matter if um, you're Olympic athletes professional athletes CrossFit athletes um, you know special needs stay-at-home mom with three everybody there's a division for everybody and uh, it and whether you want to compete volunteer or just come watch um, I think it is definitely a life-changing event that everybody benefits from. So I just want to thank everybody that was involved this year and, uh, encourage everybody to to come out next year. Thank you guys.
0: Next up. We were joined by Monique and Jocelyn Lamro. Monique and Jocelyn are from Grand Forks, North Dakota, and they are three time Olympians, Olympic gold medalists, and six time world champions. They recently just retired from the USA women's national hockey team after 15 years. And they released an Amazon bestseller book, Dare to Make History, Chasing a Dream, and Fighting for Equity. They are using their platform to make a difference through their foundation to help underprivileged kids in North Dakota. Let's listen in.
2: Thank you, Emma. Um, So, I'm Jocelyn. We always start off by introducing (laughs) which one's which. That's Monique. Um, Just to talk about our book a little bit. um, First, we're three-time Olympians six times world champions we just announced our retirement uh, right before our book came out in beginning of February of this year and basically we wrote, we wrote a book because we wanted to share our story but more importantly we wanted to share a team story um, and if you if you had a chance to get to know Monique and I uh, we, we don't really love to talk about ourselves <laughs> um, We like to fly under the radar, but we were really encouraged by a couple of our mentors that that we had a a story to tell um, that's important to share. And so what really got us over the hump was basically we wanted, wanted an opportunity to share a team story about fighting for more equality in women's hockey and how that has transcended into other parts of our life. And so we really share a story growing up with four older brothers our parents uh, basically providing us every opportunity that our brothers were provided there was never uh, an activity that we wanted to do or a sport that we wanted to play except for football our mom wouldn't let us play football Um, she made us run cross-country instead Um, but there was never a reason for them to say no and we were always just given the opportunity to reach our full potential whatever it was that we wanted to pursue or participate in and so we share a lot, of, a lot of stories in our book about growing up and what that meant, and how that really shaped our view on uh, opportunities that, that young girls and women should be given. Um, and then we talk about our national team career. We spent 15 years on the national team, which in in professional sports is a long time. And in a sport where you don't necessarily see the, the financial gains is, is also a very long time and, and what that meant as far as fighting for more. For young girls that are sitting in the front row who play hockey, if, if they want to grow up and play professional hockey and play on the national team, what our team did in 2017 was try to create more opportunities for these young girls so that they don't have the same battles that, that we faced growing up in the sport and faced uh, on the national team. As, as some of the best players in the world. And so we, we really sh- talk about that in our book and what that looked like and, and why our team did what we did. Um, and we just think that that's probably the most important part of our journey. Um, and then uh, to kind of wrap up the book, we, we talk about obviously the gold medal game and, and the roles that we had, but also starting our foundation and why we started our foundation and why ultimately that's the most important part of what this journey and what our career is all about. Yeah, I think it would have been extremely easy for us to end our book um, with our gold medal experience and what we were able to do, especially with the roles that we played. Um, for those who don't know, I scored the tying goal and then Jocelyn scored the game-winning uh, sudden and I'm sure everybody has seen on YouTube or some sort of social media. Um, but what we know as, as Olympic champions and Olympic gold medalists, that gives us a, a special platform. And what we do with that platform is really important to us and really is our is our why. And when we were growing up, our mom, us being twins, if we ever competed in a sport that we were going against each other, she would always she was in the dilemma, well, who do I cheer for? And so she would cheer for the one behind. So across country, she was usually cheering for me. She was <laughs> faster than me. Uh, but that saying or mantra is permeated into other parts of our lives and with the start of our foundation that's really what we, we're we trying to cheer for the one behind help kids that might not have the, their basic needs being met and with our foundation we've tried to help basic needs be met every day whether that's food insecurity, internet access, uh, we helped, uh, was KidSona helped uh, provide, it was over a hundred families at the start of COVID um, with meals because families couldn't get to schools to get their normal meals uh, when school was out. So we helped provide uh, money for that. So kids and families were being fed. Uh, we helped uh, with internet access uh, as everyone knows how important that is uh, in work and in school. So kids could do their schoolwork, uh, we helped Support a, called the Giving Tree. It's basically a store where kids or social workers and teachers can get basic needs for kids. Instead of having to go to the store to get shampoo and conditioner for a child, they can just go to the store and get uh, whatever whatever they need. So we believe that every kid's uh, basic needs should be met at the end of the day, and no matter where you're from, where you grew up. Uh, every child deserves an opportunity to reach their full potential and so we're just trying to meet uh, gaps in the school system so those kids can do what they need to do to be successful in school because kids that typically grow up in a less uh, advantageous background school is the way for them to succeed and to get out of uh, certain situations and so if we can help uh, kids reach their full potential uh, that's certainly um, our goal and hope to continue to be able to do that. And so uh, we hope that And you guys want to go to com. you can learn more about our foundation. You can follow us on social media and we hope that you guys help join us in our, in our uh, mission to cheer for the one behind and make a difference.
0: After the presentation, we opened up to a live Q&A session with the audience, and today we were joined by our host, Emma McIntyre, who is also the lead coordinator of Startup Brew Fargo. Let's listen in.
3: So we're going to jump into our audience Q&A for the morning. If you have a question, we have a lot of space here, so we can't necessarily request questions out loud because we wouldn't want you to scream from the back. If you have questions, please tweet them in at Startup Brew Fargo. Uh, you can do that on Twitter and they'll pop up here in my phone and we'll ask real time. But to kick us off, we love to celebrate wins. Obviously, you guys did a lot in 2020, even though the year had wild restrictions ahead of you. Can you share something that you're most proud of, either in the book launch or in your first ever Able Games, that you look back on and can't help but just be incredibly proud of?
1: um so yeah the thing that i was definitely most proud of um with the able games uh so 2020 you know was heartbreaking um a lot of people put in a lot of hard work um for the supposed to be the first one i got postponed due to covid um so it's two years in the making um and between you know the help of tnt and kim placer and her team who did a fantastic job um you know my family friends everybody that helped it it was truly an amazing experience and um, just to reiterate for the people that weren't there, just, just to see that group of people from someone with special needs to, you know, to CrossFit Games athletes all on one floor is truly spectacular. And, it, and, and like I said before, it, it is something that we didn't think was gonna be as cool as it was. Um, so I really encourage everybody to come out and that was you know, by far the, the coolest thing that's, that's happened is, is just how, it, how, it being cooler than we thought it was gonna be. Um, it, it was pretty special.
2: Uh, I would have to say uh, we do an all-girls hockey camp uh, once a summer, and we just actually did our, uh, two weeks ago we were in Bismarck, and so we do an all-girls camp uh, on a weekend, and we had over 140 girls uh, show up this last year, and so it's we've had a really successful camp, but what we've done is actually last year we had a family uh, with because of scheduling conflicts instead of asking for a refund they asked to if they could donate their spots to two girls that otherwise wouldn't be able to go and because of that donation and act of kindness we were able to I think this year it was five girls uh, other people decided to step up and donate spots and do that and recreate that act of kindness so over the last two years I think we've had over ten spots be donated just through one act of kindness and the last three years what Joss and I have done with the the profits that we make from our from our all girls camp goes directly into our foundation and so over the last three years we've been able to donate over 50 put $50,000 back into our foundation so indirectly girls that come to our camp are actually helping us make a difference in communities and so that's probably the one thing I'm most proud of over the last year That's what I was gonna say, but I have another one. Um, I think, uh, through the last year, I perspective, I think COVID has offered a a lot of perspective in in how we spend our time and, um, how we want to live our lives moving forward. And I would say that through our retirement and through our book launch, I'm most proud to um, have shared our story and being from North Dakota but using using our career to launch something more important to us and I think when you get to the end of your athletic career there's a lot of people asking like why now um, do you second-guess it do you miss it and there's always a piece of us that will miss competitively playing but just proud of the way that, that we decided to, to step away from the game but also use that announcement to leverage something more important to us and create more momentum around uh, our foundation and more awareness um, is something that I'm very proud of.
3: That's a great segue. Oh yes, yes, heck yes. That is a fantastic segue into our first online question. So like I said, if you have a question, tweet it in at Startup Uh The first one that we have is all three of you have gone above and beyond towards equality and inclusion in sports. What are some of the biggest, and maybe I'm going to add in there, and unexpected hurdles you faced?
1: Uh, for us, it was um, you know the hardest part has been COVID. Uh, we decided to uh, launch the games right as COVID was uh, you know at its peak. So um, for us, that's kind of been the hardest thing. But and but it's actually kind of been surprising. It's it's you know taking a lot of work and and uh, a lot of time and dedication. But the um, it, it's, it's kind of a segment, or it's, a, it's an area that hasn't, um, there's not a lot of people doing it. Um, besides the Special Olympics, there's not another kind of a, an organization where people with special needs to, can compete. So um, it's, it, we've uh, actually um, you know, been growing it and, um, as best we can with COVID, but other than that, it's, it's been going pretty well just because it's, um, it's kind of an untapped uh, area.
3: Is this more for athletic career or foundation? I think it's in equality. So equality in sports and then all that stuff. I would
2: say when we graduated college and we're going towards our second Olympics, uh, we entered post-grad life, as we call it. And I think uh, what we realized really quickly was we had to find full-time jobs on top of being elite athletes, which is also a full-time job. And so really quickly we realized that being the best at your sport doesn't mean that you're given certain things and so we as a team and we talk about it in our book we came together and said if we don't make change things aren't going to change so we either got to do something or we got to stop complaining about it and so that was i think being a, our team being able to come together and create a contract and negotiate with usa hockey uh, to better the the landscape of women's hockey not just for the national team but for all of girls and women across all ages uh, for the sport of hockey, I think, is something that um, that was probably the biggest hurdle that we that we faced uh, in our hockey careers. Yeah, I think to go off of what Monique was saying is, even though the conversations we had um, have definitely created change uh, throughout, I would say, women's hockey in the United States, um, just because. Conversations were had, and certain things have changed. It doesn't mean attitudes have changed, and so being willing to continue the conversation and uh, be a voice for, for those that don't have one, I think, is really important. But it it's it's, ne- I, it's never easy to continuously be, be that voice, be the one knocking on the door, trying to create positive change. Um, and so, I I would say that's it's it's a challenge, but it's it's
3: not something that can't be done. I have a question for the both of you. So you've been on a very similar stage before. Um, Can you share maybe how was the book launch difficult in ways some of the other projects you've worked on haven't been, or
2: yeah? Well, I I was 38 weeks pregnant when our our book came out. So just managing, I felt like I was operating on half a brain um, for (laughs) about two weeks while we were doing a bunch of interviews, but I think just trying to when we did interview after interview, I think trying to have a concise message within a anywhere from a three to five minute segment and making sure uh, you're getting all your points in and being consistent with your messaging, I think that was probably one of the tougher parts of our book launch. Yeah, the, the book launch is the fun part of the whole process yeah. though, because once you get to the editing process and you're reading the same pages over and over and over and over again, uh, it gets pretty tedious. Um, so I would say that the book launch is the fun part of actually writing a book. You get people to, to read your book, to, to share your story with, and so that that was a, I would say it was fun, it was hectic, and we were hoping Monique wasn't gonna have to bow out really, <laughs> but it all worked out. I guess
3: awesome. I'll do a last call for questions via Twitter if anybody wants to ask. Um, I do have a question that we typically end on, which is we have roughly 200 of your best friends here today. What is one thing that each of us can do to help energize the work that you guys are doing?
1: Uh, for us, it's just coming out and competing. You know, I, I know um, a lot of people didn't really know what the ABLE Games were this year. It's the first year, it's it's never easy the first year to get um, people to wrap, you know, their head around, uh, especially a newer uh, sport being functional fitness. Um, but just encourage everybody to come out and, and compete. You know, it's, um, it, it's, you don't have to be, you know, professional athletes to come and compete at the ABLE games. There's, you know, gonna we're, we're currently figuring out um, all the ways we're going to have classes and be able to scale it. And um, it's looking like there might be potential like seven, eight classes. So um, it really doesn't, you know, matter your ability. Uh, we just encourage everybody to come out and to compete and um, definitely we'll have a little fun. And, and uh, I think everybody will be uh, changed when they see all the, all the cool stuff going on.
2: Uh, I, think what every, I think what people can take away from day for us is everyone, whether you're a professional athlete, retired athlete, or you just think you're like a normal person, is everybody has the capacity to make a difference uh, every single day, whether it's great or small. And people remember how you treated them and whether that's holding a door for an old person that might be coming uh, through a doorway or what small acts of kindness truly make a difference and everybody is here today because you care about your community and making a difference in your community and everybody has the capacity to to make a difference and and help somebody, uh, whether that's turning their day around, if they're having a tough day and you made it better or just through small acts of kindness, everybody has the capacity to to make a difference. Yeah, I think you know, as we all walk the journey of life, uh, we have things we want to accomplish and Monique and I uh, were fortunate to to accomplish a childhood dream of of winning an Olympic medal and what we do in the process and how we how we treat people on that journey is ultimately the most important part of you know of, of what our lives are about and so like Monique said everyone has the capacity big or small to make a difference in the people's lives around us and it doesn't always have to be in grand gestures it can be in and, you know for young kids it could be in the classroom setting or at home doing the dishes without being asked um, you know it can be small things that really do make a difference in other people's lives and ultimately uh, when we look back that that's what's going to be the most important part of of what we've been able to accomplish our, our medals will collect dust um, and they sit on a shelf in a sock right now because uh, that's We're in a, a bag in the closet or a, yeah a bag in the closet and so it's They're they're amazing things, and it's an amazing tool for us to be able to give back, but how we treat people is ultimately what matters.
3: Yes. Well, thank you. We'll end there. Let's give them a big round of applause.
0: That's all we have for this week's Startup Roof Fargo. Thanks for listening in. Startup Roof Fargo is energized by Emerging Prairie, an organization dedicated to connecting and celebrating the entrepreneurial ecosystem. We'd also like to thank the following sponsors for their support, Pro Resources, Brady Mertz, the FMCVB, Office Sign Company, Fargo Parks, and MIGCO. See you next time.